Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host this week, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always is Crofton Steers. How's it going, Crofton? Hey, Ryan. It goes good. You? Uh, yeah, it's going well. I'm ready to, to discuss things and stuff about video games and movies and pop culture, but also being a parent at the same time. And, uh, you know, how we balance that free time. Speaking of which, I've balanced my free time by injecting a charity uh, into my life every every year in the last three months of the year. Uh, you know, not a busy time at all, September to December, but you know what? It's for the kids. So a quick update on Extra Life fundraising. You can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan, and that'll get you to my donation page. And if you donate, Ryan and myself... And Caden, I don't know why I did that. We will play Paw Patrol on a roll live on Twitch. And if I get a donation sooner rather than later, I've got a cool little surprise that I recorded with Caden that I'll put on the feed. Uh, I recorded it last week and I forgot about it until just now. So I will put it on the feed probably next week. Uh, you know, donations have been rolling in. Uh, nothing through Dungeons and Diapers yet. And I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to like use my kid. To say like, hey, if we don't get a donation, we won't. I won't let them play Paw Patrol. I think we're gonna play Paw Patrol no matter what. <laughs> and when we were recording, I'm like, this feels like ransom. If Probably. we don't get a donation, Caden <laughs> is grounded. Oof. Uh, he gets. Can you nothing. ground a three year old? How would that work? I don't know. It's perpetual timeout. Yeah. Oof. Um, the the thing is like, uh, I've I learned about. Uh, you know how how consequences for your children have to make sense uh -huh. like it like and, and i know that sounds like it sounds like it's a no-brainer right like but but it's not a lot of people will 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 have a consequence that doesn't you know like you did something uh that i didn't like therefore you can't go to a birthday party the next day mm -hmm. you know like those two things are not related right like those they're separate things they may make sense to you because as a parent you're like they just did something bad and so i'm gonna take away something that they're looking forward to or something good but it's not like those two things it would be more like a natural consequence of w would be looking at what they did and then and then saying like because of what you did immediately this is the consequence and it has a negative bearing for you like mm -hmm. the other day i was in the pharmacy and i got i had to, i had clara the 18 month old sitting in the cart and and i went to pay at you know you can at the self checkout it was mm -hmm. a shoppers drug mart for you canadians um and I'm, I'm paying at the self-checkout. I turn my back for a second, and then I can't find – I turn back, and Gwen's gone, Clara's gone, and the cart's gone. And I'm running around the, the pharmacy, and I can't find them anywhere. And I get the pharmacy staff to sort of comb the store, and we finally find them. Like they, I don't know how they got away so silently and so quickly, but Gwen pushed the cart and the, and um, and went all around to the far back of the store. We found them, and then uh, – we we were planning to go get cupcakes from the cupcake lounge afterwards, but it took me so that's a real place by the way. Um, it took us so long to mm -hmm. for me to track down Gwen and Clara. I was like, I said, Gwen, you know, because of what you did, we no longer have time to go to the cupcake lounge. And she was sad about that, obviously, but it's like it was a natural consequence. Right. So. Bottom line is when you're punishing – that was a long story yeah. – to say when you're punishing Caden for not fundraising properly, <laughs> uh, be sure that it makes sense, right? Like, I, so. I, I feel like if, if people were to jump out halfway in your explanation, they would leave realizing – that uh, they would leave knowing Ryan is a bad parent. I'm not. Pun I'm not going to punish my kid for for not fundraising. He's doing a fantastic job as being a cute kid, and I had a lot of fun recording a little <laughs> tidbit with him. We are probably going to play Paw Patrol. I know we'll get donations. We have some very, uh, you know, passionate and supportive listeners, and um, we're going to have some fun playing Paw Patrol live. And I showed Caden the trailer. And he he just thought it was an episode of Paw Patrol, but I'm really excited to kind of play a kids game. I guess I haven't really we've talked about it before. We haven't really played like a 
like a core kids game so it'll be exciting um but yeah if you want to check that out you can check out all of that stuff over at bit.ly slash extra life ryan um and you know check out the show notes as well there's links there too uh crofton you've noted that fall good fall has ended thus yeah. the canadian thanksgiving has concluded Pe- so yeah, in Canada, Thanksgiving is at the good part of fall, mm-hmm. which is uh, which is you know the September October part. Leaves are all beautiful. Everything is nice. Everybody was obnoxiously talking about how beautiful it was over the weekend. It was very beautiful. It was uh, around here. Like everyone's filling up social media with like shots of the leaves and all that, and people are making stupid posts like. Fall is my favorite time of year. It's the best season. And I'm like, God, you're so stupid. Why it's, would you say that? The first two and weeks then, are great. No, but see, that is it. So what it's what they what they think they're saying is not what they're saying. Right. They don't recognize that fall is autumn, uh, is there's good fall and there's bad fall, and those are two separate seasons practically. So good fall has just concluded pretty much last weekend. And as if on cue, at least around where I live, mm. it's gotten ridiculously shitty like in just <laughs> two days. And then soon all the leaves will be off the trees. It'll be depressing. The skies will be gray. The suicide rate will go way up. Oof. It'll be like, yeah, you can check it out November really does well for suicides so <laughs> not how i would have so, phrased it yeah, perhaps not <laughs> um, so so and then then you go into december and maybe you get some snow at least where we are in in december before before christmas right you could get a lot of snow it could switch to full tilt winter but if it doesn't oh my god the first two weeks of december are like sad sack big time right so um so yeah, anyway, all of that uh, <laughs> lovely chat to say that it's been a great weather, mm-hmm. really nice. Now it's over, and now everything's depressing. And uh, but this podcast is here to make you happy. There. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, goodbye, good fall. Hopefully, good winter will be here, which is essentially two days of it's not snowing, but there's snow on the ground, and all the plowing's done, and all the sidewalks are done, and all the driveways are done, and it looks fantastic. But we're not quite there yet. We'll check back in a couple months. Uh, we'll talk about Thanksgiving a little a little later on as uh, I experienced what is loving, lovingly known as uh, a long weekend filled with just about everything. So uh, we'll touch on that later. But before then, let's go into the dungeons because I think we both got a pretty unique set of games here to talk about. And I want to know what has brought Asgard's Wrath to to your vr headset i thought this was a different game and then i realized it's that new vr game i want to hear about this okay sure yeah so i'm playing this game called asgard's wrath on oculus vr now that is just one of the most video gamey video game names you can think of Mm -hmm. asgard's wrath i almost forget it every time i say it like i'm looking at the words written in front of me now and i remember it And, and it's unfortunate because it's such a great it's such a great game and great VR experience and stuff like that. So to to, um, to have it in it with a disposable name, at least it doesn't have it. Um, you know, like uh, one of those uh, colons and then a, then a subtitle. You know, like Asgard's Wrath, mm-hmm. the Armageddon. You know, well, like well, there's a, that there's would an, be. There's another game called Asura's Wrath, which is why I, I kind of oh, messed yeah. them up. And I was like, oh, you're playing that weird, like, sort of anime storybook game with fighting and planet punching? But no, you're playing this. I, I should have known. I, it's the new VR game. I feel bad for this game because it's Norse theme. And okay. I, I th- and it's for sure being in development um, before the release of the, the new God of War on PS4. But the bottom line is is that it was released after that game's been out so there's a lot of like a lot of similar world building uh because it's based on the same it's based on the same mythology norse mythology but presented in very similar fashion in many ways Hmm. so it's tough it's tough when like you've got this game of the year that comes out and then then you're oh we're also doing norse stuff you know it's 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 tricky but that said i'll explain what it is real briefly mm-hmm. it's a um so it's a v it's a vr game and a lot of the reviews made push me to 
to to impulse buy it although i kept my eye on it a little bit it's made by this company that made a marvel game last year that i've always held off buying because the reviews were kind of poopy on it yeah that's um, superpower what the marvel heroes superpowers uh, powers powers united or something sure as soon as i was like oh spider-man's in it and it's like you can't swing as spider-man i'm like i'm out but uh but but yeah so so um, but this game you know uh, built from the ground up for for VR and just like a lot of lessons learned and it's sort of a triple A experience and a fulsome game more than a tech demo a lot of these VR games you play and they are actually really good or they have a mechanism that is really awesome but then they're over very quickly this game is is one that is clearly a, a meaty game although. Again, I'm not far enough into it where I've really been blown away by that at this point. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I'm still near enough the beginning that that uh, the scope and scale hasn't really um, clued in to me yet. I'm sure it will as time goes on. Uh, but they keep adding mechanics, and um, like I'm still doing tutorials. They keep adding stuff, and I'm I'm, I'm maybe like six hours in at this point and and they're still stepping at it so i i think that that's really cool the concept of the game is that you are a god essentially the god of animals Mm -hmm. uh and and, um loki you save loki and he becomes your kind of master whatever and he uh guides you um in, in in uh on this adventure and i'm still kind of unclear what i'm doing like i'm i'm becoming a god and 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 working with loki to stop the evil god um helos or whatever i forget what his name is but but bottom line is that uh, the way the game plays is um you have two modes you can play as the god and then you can possess humans and it's not like there's a ton of humans running around and it's all about possession it's like you possess one human for, for a broad stretch of the game and then you adventure as that human hmm. and as you're walking around and remember it's all in VR so you're seeing what your character sees first person perspective um, you'll be in an environment and you'll run into obstacles and there may be this thing called a god altar in an area and if you if there's a god altar in an area and you activate it you can turn into a god in that area uh which essentially is a giant. So you're just like a giant. So all of a sudden you grow really, really big and everything gets really small. And then, so you're a guy and a boulder is blocking your path. You're like, fuck, how do I get around this boulder? Oh, there's a God altar. You activate it. You become a God. Now I can just pinch because with the Oculus touch controllers, I pinch the boulder, I pick it up and I throw it away. And then I become the person again and I keep walking, right? Like that's (laughs) a, That's a base example, but it's switching between the god and the person. Meanwhile, you're the god of animals. So you can pick up these animals and you can use your magic to turn them into followers. First one's a shark. I'm scared of sharks, so that didn't go so well because the shark becomes a shark person and he's always following you right behind. And you turn around and there's this giant shark guy there and I'm like, oh God, because it's like, you know, it's VR. Stand back like 10 feet that way, man. Yes. And every VR, every follower has a special uh, has special combat ability and a mm-hmm. special passive ability. And that passive ability, like the shark, can open secret doors. The turtle, the turtle guy who looks like one of the big ninja turtles from the '90s movies, like can can um, can block certain traps and dungeons mm-hmm. and all that. So like you use there, and you you tell them what to do by literally pointing with your finger. You're like, go there, do that, or whatever. I thought- and this so, was sorry. I, I just I thought Asgard's Wrath was a game that had like stellar swordplay com- combat. Does it, it does. Okay, it does. Okay, because that's what but I that's remember like, from the trailer. It's like I mean, it's oh, the swordplay combat is is good. It's it it's a uh, very much around, um, a, similar to the. You know, uh, in Batman Arkham games, where a guy can't be damaged until you do like something, like okay, you hit him, you hit him with your cape and stun him, and then you can do your combo or whatever. Right. Well, in in this, you have to parry attacks if they have like a blue bar over their head, like you can't even damage them until you do a parry, which hmm. is fairly fairly tricky to pull off. Like you got to hit a blow as it's coming down, and so there is there's a lot to it. Um, and then they keep adding things. Like I just got this this throwing axe that works exactly like Thor's axe. Um, so exactly uh, like God of War. 
but it's so fun because you oh i'm not throw saying I, I i'm just your going hand. back to your original point yeah okay. oh yeah yeah you throw it with your hand and then and then you can make it like come back you have to like you make the comeback motion and then it will oh. fly back into your hand and dude it feels so good i'm See, like oh this was so, the game that i saw i was like ooh, could this be the one that gets me to 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 figure out and set up the vr again because again i haven't done it in a while there was a bit of a kick there like maybe six months ago where i was setting it up and playing every night and and doing some of the some of the different things like i know beat saber has added like a bunch of music packs um it sounds like they're starting to craft games that take advantage of the hardware and here's the thing about vr games people say they're expensive but it's not about how much they cost it's more about the the type of product the, the quality the length all that fun stuff it's not about the cost i only hear that i only hear that from you you're always like vr games are, I, I always find vr games to be cheap they, and like, i was just about to say that they are less expensive than an 80 dollar product but where they suffer is the 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 length and quality of content you mentioned the superhero uh you know powers united game that one was a $50 product, but again, the quality didn't live up to to a lot of people's standards. And and I also looked at it and I was like, I really want to try it, but it just doesn't feel like it's for me. So, Because I look at games like, you know, a, um, Super Hot VR or Robo mm-hmm. Recall or all of these awesome games, and they're all like 20 bucks, yeah. 30 bucks, and they're, they're, they're really... They're really quite. It's like they know you've made this big hardware investment, so they're like, okay, like we'll give them the games. For well, it's ex- exactly what it is, yeah. But I think yeah. Superhot's a perfect example of a game that has great quality and is underpriced as a VR product. It's very good, and that is totally worth the price of admission. And and this one as well. It sounds like Asgard's Wrath is also worth the price of admission. It, it is, but so couple of couple of things about. Um, and these are not neither good nor bad. It's more you know up to to individual folks to judge uh, the importance of this. Uh, number one is is very graphically intensive. So this right. is the first game that I've ever had to like um, since I got this computer a couple of years ago. I've had I've had to regularly put the video settings down to medium, and mm. every and there's like low, medium, high, and ultra. And sometimes I go into areas and I crank it to ultra because it is very, very fun to look at like, wow, this is beautiful. But then I'm like, don't move your head because you're going to get sick because it's going to lag, right? Um, And so, because I'm just looking, the textures are so big because this game is like 125 gig download or something like that. Oh, wow. And it's huge. So because, because of that, um, they have high res textures, which makes a big difference for VR. And I have the first gen commercial Oculus headset, so I still, you know, obviously have screen door effect. But if you had a newer headset with these graphics, like it would make it more immersive than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. But it's like if you don't have a computer that that can spit fire and brimstone, like this is the first game that's made me think, oh man, I, I might need a better video card or whatever. Yeah. But I don't mind playing it at medium settings. And there's a lot of smaller environments. Like the hub world is this bar in Asgard that you go back to with all the merchants and the music and all of this sort of stuff. And there's a couple of mini games there that are so fun to play in VR. An axe throwing one and one just where you flip a coin into a cup. It sounds so basic, but it's so fun to play. Uh, but I can pump the graphics there because it's a closed environment, and mm-hmm. it's so easy to switch between the graphical settings. That so so I do, I do that fairly often. Anyway, so graphically intensive. That's one thing. The other thing is that as we talked about, most VR games aren't intended for long play sessions. This game kind of is. Like this is a regular game. Okay. So it. I know that you can sit on a chair because it says in the store, like you can, if you have a swivel chair, like you could sit down or whatever. I cannot imagine playing this game sitting in a chair. It is made for playing while standing up. Rooms, it works room scale. Like if you walk, your guy will walk. Um, however, it's made for it's made for moving with the joystick, and 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 you could potentially get motion sick for people who are sensitive to yeah, that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, 
Um, but uh, but you can walk around as well, and there's there's a um, there's settings at the beginning for people who are very motion sick, supposedly to make it better. I don't know what that looks like because I'm for some reason I'm not prone to to the motion sickness. Um, so there is there is that, but then there's just like one thing I recognize, and maybe it's my basement, but I just standing. You stand like so you're standing for a while, and like maybe you're dealing with vendors, or you're doing different things, or maybe you're just a god standing, looking at the world around you, trying to. But you're standing for a while, and and like your my feet got sore, so sore to the point that I had to dig out slippers, oh. and I haven't worn slippers forever. They made a big difference, but I'm like the game made me made me start wearing slippers and um and it's just uh it's 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 a tall order in the evening because you come home and you're obviously tired and all this and like if you're somebody that works in an exercise routine then it it maybe you would laugh at somebody like me who's lazy in the evening but like i'm if i play for a good chunk of time i'm sweating right like mm -hmm. i'm gonna sweat and it's not even that i'm doing a ton of shit it's just like if you get into some combat situations or whatever you're gonna you you know you're gonna sweat and so those are all the disclaimers i'd say and i'll wrap it up on asgard's wrath because i'm sure i'll talk about it again i only play in small intervals so i, I might play an hour here or an hour there i haven't really done a, had the opportunity or wanted to do that long a haul it's very graphically intensive um it uh you know and it requires uh, all the things that you would you know require vr like the he the headset and all this it's not going to run on an oculus quest so you're going to need to be tethered in some way for, or shape or form to to run it to run that game mm -hmm. um so i'm used to navigating the wires and such like it's not an issue really but but some people might may find it to be but i get so far it's a rec it's a it's a pretty big recommend if you have a vr Sweet. headset if you don't have a vr headset the, the big question floating around is is this the killer app that would force you you, that you should push you out to get one mm -hmm. and um i'm not sure about that i will i'll come i'll you know i'll update next time but r right now i would say that it is really great no better than some other experiences I've had, though, on VR. And is the breadth of experiences there for somebody to shell out the cash? I think it is because I think if you haven't tried it, it VR is pretty awesome. But at the same point, I don't think this game alone by itself is at the point where I'd say rush out and get VR for this. I think or and someone who's played a majority of the VR platforms, I haven't played the newer generations in the Quest and the uh the rift s um so i know i'm missing like a huge chunk of experience but as if you're looking for an entry level headset and you want to pay you know bare bones just to get the experience and try it obviously asgard's wrath those type of games aren't gonna aren't gonna work on these headsets but i think the oculus go there's something about it i think as an entry level vr headset the oculus go is a really easy entry um, you're going to be getting experiences that are, I think, just a step above, you know, phone VR. But the fact that it's standalone, it's wireless, and it works, just it, it gets you in at a low cost barrier. Now, mind you, if you're a serious gamer and you, you feel like you can make that extra step, I think the quest is the next logical leap for folks that want to entry level. Uh, but but to play games like Asgard's Wrath the way they're meant to be played, you kind of have to pick up a Rift S, even though it will technically work on the Quest, but you have to be tethered. Uh, but I don't even know if that functionality is out yet. And the big thing I would say, and I'm, I'm showing this for people who may be viewing a video sure. version of this, this is a touch controller. This is the, uh, there's one for each hand. And like, uh, I know a lot of people who have had experiences with VR headsets, but have not used these controllers. Oh yeah, the touch controllers um, change and, everything. And they really do because I had also used a headset, and and to this day, my friend Bo, and this is one of these things I think he's getting, te um, uh, you know, tempted to try it. He got a developer's uh, sort of Oculus. He shelled out for this developer 
Oculus, it kind of burned him on VR because there were no experiences really at that time. Um, it was, you know, obviously the most rudimentary version, but it never had that sort of those touch controllers. Mm -hmm. And truly, when you have those in your hand, that's what makes the difference. And again, for Asgard's Wrath, that is it. And because this game is designed exclusively for Oculus and Oculus Studios, you can play it with Revive and special software for the HTC uh, Vive. It's, it's very like... For me, as an Oculus user, it, it it's like playing a P, you know a PlayStation exclusive where everything is really well tuned to your <laughs> PS4. This is the same deal. Like when you hold up the controllers and they appear in VR as sort of wooden controllers in front of you just to see what the buttons are. Everything is just done so perfectly for your for your your touch controllers. And I know a lot of people are frustrated right now and i have been on that side as well about exclusives in vr such a small fragmented market that like you put out like there's that astrobot game on playstation vr i'm not i have an oculus rift i'm not going to shell out more mm -hmm. money to buy the psvr but i'd really like to play that game and so you just kind of wish that everything was on all vr platforms but these companies are funding these games and yes. and for me uh as an Oculus owner, I'm I'm glad that, uh, that that this one is out. And the next one I have my eye on is this game called Stormlands. I think it's made by Insomniac. It's supposed to come next month. It also oh, looks wow. like a triple A triple um, A experience, and uh, I'm excited to test that as well. So that was Crofton's VR corner. Now let <laughs> us pass over to Ryan and figure out what has he been playing lately so i will uh i will make this a little quicker in the sense that i've uh been playing sea of thieves which is surprising because that's a game that came out about a year and a half ago to uh i, I mean i hesitate to say middling but i think middling reviews kind of uh, you know describe it really well and this was part of extra life i, I talked about this on the gamers in and if you if someone came to me and said, hey, for Extra Life, this is all you're going to want to play, Sea of Thieves, I'd say you're crazy. Because I played it at launch, and I didn't really like it. It wasn't my kind of experience. It felt very rudimentary in terms of the... Like, all the systems were there to make a good pirate game. Like, the boating made sense. The the Well, that was about the only thing that felt very strong, huh. was the way you controlled the boat as a party. Uh, that felt great. However, everything, the wrappings around it, the thing that drove you to go from point A to point B didn't feel uh, like enough of a game. So that's why I jumped off it. But fast forward a year and a half later, they've done a lot of work to it. And Jocelyn was playing as part of her extra life. And I, I told her I would jump in later on once the kids went to bed. And they were playing Sea of Thieves. And I have the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate through like a deal that they had before where you basically upgraded for a dollar and it merged all your subscriptions so i ended up getting like a year and a half for like 60 bucks which is a again like that's that's a huge deal so i had i technically had sea of thieves i installed it i booted it up and we had a blast we played for like they they were playing for maybe six or seven hours and i played for a good four or five Really? I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was you really good. You played four hours of something straight? Straight, yeah. Now, mind you, this was a special occurrence. I, extra Life, that's the other reason I do Extra Life. I get a, yeah. I get that, uh, I, I get that, I don't want to make it sound like Ashley lets me play video games, but I think it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's an, it's an understanding where we're doing it for the kids and, and yeah, a four or five hour stretch, that is kind of unheard of. There's always other uh -huh. stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. But in this instance, uh, it was for charity and I got to play video games for about so five you, hours straight. And the whole time you played Sea of Thieves? Well, we played, I think we played Sea of Thieves for the majority of it. And then at the very end, yeah. we switched over to Dead by Daylight, uh, which is another game I, I really like that, that is at the top of our list for Extra Life games. But I did not yeah. anticipate Sea of Thieves coming up. So we we had a four uh, we had a full team of four, and we were operating a, a galleon. And there are plenty of stories I could share. Uh, one of which was my uh, absolute favorite. But again, if you go to twitch.tv slash Joss Plays, you can see a lot of those highlights that people have created. One that I created, which was my favorite they added fishing so it, you can fish now and jocelyn was you know trying it out and she put leeches on her hook and she was running around the, the boat going to everybody like hey i got leeches on my 
on my uh, fishing rod. Leeches, leeches, ooh. And then I noticed I could grab the leeches. So, I, of course, I, I took the leeches off of her fishing pole. And then I promptly ate them. And <laughs> that... As one does. As one does. That had me cracking up all on its own. But yeah. then my character started to vomit all over the boat because I had just ate, ate leeches. And Josh, who was playing with us, he said... Uh, Oh, Ryan, you're turning green. And, of course, I'm just spewing vomit all over the boat. Everyone's losing their mind. Uh, we just we had such a great time. And that was just an incident where systems were working together and I was allowed to interact with, you know, something she was carrying in a, in a hilarious way. But there's, like, encounters with giant sharks and krakens. And we fought a couple of skeleton ships. And we found buried treasure. So we just had an absolute blast, and I think if I feel like you guys played it the way it's oh, of most course. intended to be played, like that exactly. was a case study almost. Yeah, like of how that should be played. I think Sea of Thieves can be something that you can bounce off pretty hard if you're playing for a short amount of time with yourself or or even just one other person. It took some time to get into it, but eventually. We had a really great time, and we just couldn't stop. And, and we eventually stopped because one person had to leave for work. Uh, they worked night shifts, so that's the, why we stopped playing at that point. But if anyone's interested in playing, we are going to be playing for probably a lot of our uh, Extra Life streams going forward. The next one being October 26th, and that's, again, Jocelyn's stream. Um, and, yeah, we're going to have a great time, and it's... I'm surprised. I really am. And if you can pick it up on Game Pass, there's always a deal going on. I think right now someone was saying that they have a, a deal for $1 if you're not an active subscriber. So you can go in there, even if you've already taken advantage of that deal because they have them all the time. Um, it's a great way to try it out. But again, I, I do caution folks who don't have at least one other person to play with. It takes. It's definitely a multiplayer game. Um I think if you play solo, it can get a little old pretty quick because part of the fun is, you know, uh, captaining the ship with your friends and, and interacting with the world as a crew. I got so. two questions. Mm -hmm, shoot. Uh, one, um, if you ha like, uh, if you're playing um, on PC, were you playing on PC? I was playing on PC. I think three quarters of our team were playing on PC, and actually one person was playing on Xbox, and it was all it's all crossplay. So it's all it's all crossplay. So you're all using um, the Xbox app on PC or mm -hmm. whatever. So are you? Ch what are you voice chatting through? Well, you can use. So this is the cool thing. Obviously, we were using Discord because that's a, a favorite okay. of ours. However, they do have in-game voice chat, uh, in which there's a couple of cool systems. I love multiplayer games that use in-game voiceover in a, in unique ways. So in this instance, when you're sailing the seas, um, your voice or, or exploring an island, your voice is heard by other players, even if they're not right. in your party. To and a certain distance, right? Exactly. And I, I was going through our tools and I noticed this like weird, like old timey bullhorns, essentially a cone. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, oh, what's this do? And it, it amplifies your voice if you were using, you know, vo in-game voiceover. So I thought that was kind of cool. So That is funny. That's a VR-ish mechanic as sure. well. Because in VR, you don't in VR games you don't have a, a keyboard. You can literally not type, right? Mm -hmm. So so everything as soon as you're playing like Lone Echo or whatever or uh, uh, Echo Arena and you've got other players around, it's exactly they've done that exact sort of distance thing. Mm -hmm. And I could just imagine holding up a cone to my mouth and being like, <laughs> "Hello," you know. It's it just, really. Uh, I mean, I never obviously got to experience it, but. You know, we had a random person sort of who was playing on their own kind of follow along and tag along with us in his own boat. So we had random strangers kind of coming up to us. And obviously we were kind. We didn't want to, you know, hurt anybody. But there are... Obviously. Yeah, we're Canadian. Uh, three quarters of us were Canadian. And Josh is a swell guy. So uh, we didn't have any of those issues. Actually, our boat sank and Josh got stranded with the random stranger. So it doesn't even <laughs> punish you if you're away from your crew. Josh technically was a, was stuck in a rowboat because the this random stranger's boat sunk as well. So uh, we got taken out by, I think it was the Megadon at that point, a giant shark. But we had such a blast. And I will definitely link 
the Twitch clip that I discussed uh, with the leeches that was so fun, so hilarious. So many cool things we were able to do. And I, I do highly recommend if you've got some folks who are into you know, multiplayer games, this is a great one. Certainly check it Last out. Last question. Did you mm. talk like a pirate? Um, Occasionally for effect, but not the entire time. Got to commit to the bit, Ryan. I, you do have to commit to the bit. That is a thing. But uh, for a six-hour or it was a 12-hour stream, could you imagine? <laughs> It'd almost be like donate to make this stop that's kind of yeah. how it would be going but uh i didn't want to it wasn't my stream i didn't want to you know push us in a specific direction but maybe maybe when i do my stream on the ninth we'll do a talk like a pirate uh maybe probably not but we'll see sweet yeah well let's uh let's change some diapers i want to hear about some some cool stuff that's going on in your parental life uh, you've got a few things here, so I'll let you lead. Sure. I, you know, I just will add on to the Link's Awakening stuff I mentioned sure. last week. Still, still a really great game. Uh, surprisingly, we're not finished it. We've, we're playing it a lot less, and I'll tell you why. Um, the latter dungeons in that game are actually pretty, pretty tricky. Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty, pretty difficult. And uh, sometimes they're difficult because, like, the Game Boy only had so much that it could do in terms of uh, variables. So they spa they, they um, put rooms far apart, like you'd unlock something in one room, and then you got to They try to disorient you by any means necessary. Um, and uh, it's just difficult because, like, generally Gwen and I only have like a half hour or so to play after supper and in this, uh, and uh, it. When when we get on these big tough dungeons at the end, like you kind of forget what you're doing, and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, and the layout and everything, and and then you're like, okay, you just figure it out. You you move the puck a little bit further down the ice, and then and then you got to go, uh, and then the next day you you boot up and you're like, where am I again? Like, how do I figure this out? And uh, and so so I would say that like those those big dungeons you want you want to finish them in one sitting you really do with a kid because that poor Gwen has had to watch me fumble around like the fire dungeon or the, mm -hmm. the in the seventh and eighth the the tower the birds tower and all that sort of stuff for a long time so it's still good still highly recommended to play with kids but like I mean uh the the ending is uh the ending is tough you may even want to pull out a walkthrough or something if your kid's losing patience hmm. so uh there's that uh, have you played any of that links awakening or you know it's uh it shouldn't really come as a surprise but it's weird i love zelda games i love nintendo games oh good even... so you played it <laughs> well no here's the but but for some reason even those type of games haven't been able to hold my attention to finish it and Link's Awakening is one of those games where I, I thought about it today honestly as I was preparing the notes and thinking like man I never I should have beat it by now it came out a month ago it's a game I I, I love uh yep. and no excuses I haven't I kind of played a little bit you know Gamers In is a pod and this goes back to sort of the balance Gamers In is a podcast where the way I prepare for it has greatly changed since its inception in the sense that when I didn't have kids and was uh, on my own and had my own place, that's when we started that, that, uh, that podcast, I would just, I would just play games. That's what I did. But now that I have, you know, two kids and a family and a, and a house, two and a job, podcasts and more. <laughs> more than two podcasts, uh, I have to specifically play games and, Sometimes that means uh, not being able to finish a game. Um, uh, sometimes it means jumping to a different game when, I, when I'm not done. Like before we recorded, I was playing Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which I had talked about on the last Gamers In, and kind of gave it a, you know, a man review. It wasn't really for me, but for some reason, I keep wanting to go back to it, even though I've already talked about it. So that it kind of works both ways. So I haven't played it. I haven't finished Link's Awakening. I should be playing it. It's it's literally the easiest game to boot up and play and jump out, jump in, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, no no real rhyme or reason, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. No, no, I totally understand. And like, there's a bunch of stuff now that I don't force my like. If I bounce off stuff, I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm good with it. Like, I got a good run out of it, and then I, uh, for whatever reason, 
the thing is, uh, time being important, you've got um, uh, you've got to pick your battles. You got to mm-hmm. pick your games, and and now I I value games that are that value my time. Uh, speaking of time, uh, I've got a lot of kid stuff that I've got on the go. Primarily, um, my daughter Gwen, who's the oldest, she's like five. She's been diagnosed with a speech impediment. And uh, in, in, in school in Canada, they do these kind of assessing of kids in kindergarten to see like who could um, use help with speech and, and Gwen was identified. And we totally know it. It's one of those things too, like where like, you know, as a parent, you totally understand what she's saying, but other people are having a hard time and you, you understand why they do. If you step back and take a look, you're like, okay, you know, she's having problems with these sounds and uh, I'm learning a lot about kind of articulation and I'm going to have to help guide her through these exercises, Mm -hmm. uh, which will be tough. Um, My wife uh, has like had a speech impediment when she was a kid and still has difficulties saying certain words at certain times. So the idea is that Blabbermouth Crofton is going to be the one to help um, guide Gwen through this sort of thing. And uh, we've, as part of the multiple steps involved, we we thought to get help from like a private speech therapist. And so we're going to go see them for the first time tomorrow with Gwen. I think she's a little bit nervous about it. She wants to be understood though, which is really cool. I thought she would be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really on board. Like the time the instructor came and she has to look at these cards and kind of say the words. And she knows that she can't say things correctly correctly all the time i'll give you an ex- uh, an example um the word mouse uh she says mousk she has a k at the end right mm-hmm. and and so like i tried to work with her to be to say mouse properly and i learned through the speech therapist like that that's like the super bowl of her speech of her speech impediment meaning i can't start with that that's that's the end like she will get that word right after she learns how to how to say certain sounds you know so i have to Hmm. coach her through these sounds i can't just make her say the word that she has the hardest time with you know like no 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 it's mouse uh, mouse mouse you know that's not going to help your kid right so um so yeah, it's been a learning experience for both me and her, and it's going to continue. It's really cool, and I think this is great when it go, when we talk about kids. Is that and, and I see this in Caden and Abigail as well. Is their their uh, their drive to be understood, and they care that the, you know they want to be understood, and that's really cool because again, you fast forward, you look at you know adults, they don't. Sometimes they just don't care if they're understood or not. They say their piece, they walk out and they've done their they've done their thing, you know? And I think it's so refreshing to work with people whether they're 5 or 4 or 3 that they actually care and engage in a conversation and um that's really really cool and and grown up of her to to want to be understood. And I think as parents, and I count myself among this, we don't give kids enough credit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I thought, like, oh man, you know, I'm going to talk to her about this, and she's going to be resistant to it, and she still might be. Like, sure. it's, it could be annoying, but but her first reaction is like, you know, like she doesn't articulate it like I I am, but she's she's on board, and she seems to want to want to do it, and wants to be understood, and wants to work on these work on these things so i am i am cautiously optimistic and i i'm impressed uh w- with her um just um one thing that we've been doing and i i correct me if i i may have mentioned this on a previous episode but we've been playing board games or, or card games at night before as part of her bedtime routine like generally before bed like Clara goes up for her bath with one of the parents, the the eighteen month year, and the five year old then plays a board game, has their snack, has her snack, and then goes to bed. Um, and in this card game we've been playing to help her with numbers called Ratatat Cat and memory. And uh, did I mention this last episode of the Ratatat Cat? I don't recall. It sounds no, interesting pro- though. 
Yeah, and that's it. I just I want to sell this game a little bit. This mm-hmm. card game is really pretty fun, uh, and it's uh, it's it's great for um, like a five year old. There's an easy mode to it, like an easy way to play it, um, and ev- very short. Shortly, the way it works is that you've got um, a deck of cards that, aside from three special cards is made up of um, cards that are from the number one to the number nine. And each one has a drawing. If it's higher numbers, like eight, seven, eight or nine, it's cat. It's more uh, rats. And if it's lower numbers, it's more cats. Um, so it helps them. They know You can just tell kids that cats are better and rats are, are worse. But the bottom line is you're trying to get the lowest score at the end of the game. So you get dealt four cards. Two, they're supposed to be dealt face down, but we mm-hmm. play it in easy mode where two of them are dealt face up and um and and when uh and one after the other you draw a card from this deck and you decide are you going to keep that card or are you going to and replace one of your four cards or are you going to just put it in the discard pile and so the goal is to have the lowest score possible and when you think you have a lower score than all the other players you tap the table and you say rat-a-tat cat and then the other player has one turn to play, and then you flip the cards. And when you flip the cards, uh, um, you do, then you have to do math because the, the, you have to add up each each score. Like I'll flip my four cards. I'm like I got a zero, a one, a two, and a six. Like I mean, and and, and then I'll make Gwen add it up. So mm-hmm. so before we determine who who's winning, she has to do a little a little math. Uh, the, the only downside or downside is in sort of with a question mark. This is the first competitive game I've ever really introduced for her. Uh, normally we play games where er- we win or lose together, you know, like we're playing a board game like out Fox or we're, it's us against the Fox. It's mm-hmm. us against whatever. But this is a game where you are playing against other players and you're trying, trying to win. And obviously kids losing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because it is a luck somewhat luck-based game uh you know can, can be tricky but it has been super fun i really recommend it uh gwen's a dirty cheat uh aside from that it's it's a it's a really cool thing so uh, that's pretty much it for my uh my update i, I had a good thanksgiving mm-hmm. it was pretty it was pretty like uneventful we got together with my brother went up to my my, my mom's house in in wakefield Jesse's dad came up one day and we visited with him. Uh, we we didn't do a full turkey this time. We just did sort of a big chicken because it was easier for everyone with with sides and all that. But it was just fun. It was beautiful. It was nice. Fairly stress free. Ryan, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, I I have one story that I kind of want to bounce off the podcast about Thanksgiving, and it, it it didn't directly involve me. But there's always been this thing with introducing kids like we our kids were the first kids to be introduced on both my side and ashley's side and that came with a lot of growing pains uh on both sides and one thing we're still experiencing is uh is kids is our kids at at family dinners and um something we've tried to curb is basically saying like okay like adult conversations have in the other room or have them after we leave because we leave pretty early now we leave we we don't mind staying a little later but uh, oftentimes we do have to explain like no they're running around like crazy <laughs> people because they barely ate their dinner because it was served late and they had their dessert t- times two so of course they're going to be bouncing around and when they go home they'll probably go straight to sleep but they'll be tired tomorrow and we'll deal with it uh so we try to like get them home <laughs> like an hour later and and that's fine that's been accepted now as as the norm uh, at first, it was like I, I had that. Ba- I had that battle too, Ryan. Sure. That whole like people didn't understand. They were like, "Okay, we're gonna have the meal at this time." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? We have to take it to go. We can't like <laughs> our kids have to go to bed, you know." Like, and they're yeah. like, "Oh," and this this happened like three or four times before people friggin' clued in that we've got to like you know you got to start. And other people started having kids, and then it became more oh but it's I like totally common hear- nature now yeah yeah like, i i totally understand where you come from we we do have uh we do have another kid on ashley's side and i think every, we could sort of pave the road um and i always say to ashley like we're too nice 
you know, we, we deal with the, uh, with the aftershocks the next day and we, we don't really make waves, but we are too nice. <laughs> um, but it, with this specific Thanksgiving went really well. We are, you know, Abby's been napping until like four o'clock. So because of the kids, we get to roll in right before dinner and we get to roll out right after, which if you're someone who's had a long day and doesn't really want to spend more of that day, uh, you know, having it prolonged, uh, not a bad thing to be able to roll in, have dinner, say hi, bye and roll out. Um, there are perks, of course. However, uh, I have a funny story where we, we did Thanksgiving. Nothing technically bad or wrong happened during Thanksgiving. And we left. And we got home, put the kids to bed, thought nothing of it. Um, as people are aware, there is a, an election going on right now in Canada. Um, we go to the polls to vote on Monday. Won't get it's into the that. most boring election ever. Keep going. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty boring. It's basically just... One guy yelling at a cloud that kind of looks like another guy, and uh, that's about it. And everyone else is just like, cool, we cool, yeah, we're cool. And just seems like one guy yelling at clouds and one guy yelling off to the side at nobody. But uh, And you can kind of piece that together at home. But with the election going on, obviously politics comes up in conversation. And I think that might've been one of those conversations that says like, no, do it after the kids go home, go home, because depending on who's in the conversation it can get pretty heated. So I'm not going to get into details, but I guess we got the, we got the scoop the next day from people who stayed late and, uh, the elections came up and I guess it got, it got pretty heated and, or, adult <laughs> adult type conversation so i'm i'm glad it didn't happen while we were around because i definitely would have been like yeah we're leaving uh i don't really want you guys talking about like it's they weren't just talking election they were talking at a level where it's like it's kind of inappropriate now and we're leaving it's not for kids um totally you guys do you have whatever conversation you want but the kids are way too young to be hearing these words coming out of your mouth um so i'm glad we weren't around for that it was it was nice um uh, can i can i interject yeah go ahead that, that's but, pretty much the story oh uh, it's a, a funny side story that you just reminded me of that mm -hmm. also like from thanksgiving so my brother nick uh is is a great guy but he loves swearing like all the time he loves swearing um and uh i when i had kids like i think that he was trying to he's trying to swear in front of he's trying to test how long it would take us i think to tell him this to, to oh, watch gosh. his language you know like he was just like he he would just he wasn't going overboard but he was clearly like swearing in front of like the kids here's the thing though um you know we don't see him enough that it's really that big in a, a big a, an issue and the other thing is that that he um like you know, when the kids are really young, when it was babies, it, it it really it really doesn't make a difference. Like at one point, you have to be like, okay, this is too much. But at the beginning, like if if you're mad your brother's using the f word in front of your four month old, then you know I'm I got news from you, you're a little stuck up. So so I was like, um, I I, I was okay with it to a certain point, but then it was like. You know, Gwen was getting older and kids were getting and and uh, he, you know, he's still he was still using language. And I said to Jesse, I was like, well, when he has his own kid, I'm like, then then he's going to like he's going to for sure have to curb it. Right. Because I uh, and uh, of course he didn't. Um, and when he had his when he had his daughter, he, he didn't. But then it was very clear because my brother's like a cool dude and likes being you know, somewhat cool. And mm -hmm. so I, I felt, I felt like, okay, he's doing it, you know, he's doing it to be cool while his kids is baby. But as soon as his kids old enough, he's gonna, he's going to have to, uh, he's going to drop it. But, and maybe that was his plan, but his kid is like 18 months, like pretty much the same age as Clara and has now started saying the F word. And, uh, and, uh, you know, like his girlfriend or wife is, you know, I could see is like somewhat mortified. And, uh, and, and like, I didn't hear it at over Thanksgiving. They told, she, she told us about it. And sometimes like their little, their little 18 month old will go off on a huge, like, be like, fuck, 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 you know, like, and what? It, it, yeah. And so, I mean, because, it's super adorable, and, but 
Oh yeah, and, and like I think they think you know like this is it's still really early. She has no idea what she's saying, and we can we can work this out and stuff. But it is one of those things where where like I had always been like, am I gonna have to have a talk to, with Nick about you know with about saying the f word in front of the kids? But like now it seems like I don't have to anymore. He's learned he's, he's learned, learned from why. his own child, you know. Like so, we had an incident where, and I kind of lost my cool, and that's where Ashley and I we had an agreement of uh, you do your family and I'll do mine. And when it comes to the, like curbing behavior, um, but uh, a couple people around the table, adults who know better when Caden was younger. So he was, it wasn't quite the age where he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to replicate it, but not old enough where he might do it on purpose, but he was getting there. And I think maybe I was a little oversensitive, but still I think I was on the right track where two adults were literally flipping each other off at the dinner table, back and forth. Uh, and then double birds, and and uh, if they could, probably triple birds. Yeah, just like that. And I said to them, I said, like, why are you doing this in front of, you know, Caden? He, he, you want him to start doing that? Like, going around and just flipping off random strangers? And they thought it was funny. They thought it was hilarious. And I said, they said, oh, he's going to learn on the playground. It's like, he's one, he's two. Yeah, he might learn on the playground when he's older, in which I can explain to him that he shouldn't do that. But you really want to be the person who taught him how to flip people off at two? Like, that's a bit ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's just these weird things. And, and these are people who have had kids before. Uh, but for some reason, just get a pass, I guess. But uh, it is funny. And like, you wonder, you wonder, like, it's not that I, I don't consider myself approved by any means, right? But I just think that, like, I just think that, that, you know, you model the behavior you want to see long term, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's really what it comes down to. It and starts somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, anyway, uh, interesting story, but your Thanksgiving was pretty good. No, Thanksgiving that. was, was great. We had, we had my family down. We went to Ashley's family for a dinner. Um, like I said, the, the only story I had is that we missed the big, the big blow up because they had it after the kids went home. <laughs> so I, I don't know if it was because, uh, you know, they, they drank more once we were gone, but honestly, I, I said to Ashley, like, glad we were not there for that because that sounds terrible and uh, it's hard enough taking you know tearing the kids away and getting them you know in their pjs to take them home so uh i'm glad we didn't have to have to witness that because like you said this election has been tough enough just like getting through to next monday so by the time you and i talk again on the show we will uh we will know its outcome and um glory be we won't have to listen to those stupid attack ads anymore uh, we can go back to uh talking about trump's impeachment you know like everybody else yeah per, yeah like <laughs> the best thing to happen is that trump's impeachment is is kind of uh dulling the canadian election a little bit like people are yelling at canadian news people it's like well you know what we really just we, we should really be talking about this trump thing um but yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad everybody had a good Thanksgiving. If you have any family dinner horror stories, certainly send them in. I'd love to hear them. Uh, can't just be me, but uh, or Crofton for that matter. Uh, but we have a we have a very active listenership on Twitter, and I love the fact that I always have a tweet to pull and talk about on the show. Um, we got a tweet from Dan who said, "Love the episode. This was last week's." or uh, the last episode, episode 25. May I counter Crofton's assertion that there isn't another podcast hosted by two dads married with kids by pointing out uh, Ordinary Dads, the podcast. Now, uh, Dan is an awesome person. I think he reached out to me when we started this podcast and we had some back and forth. Um, technically, they're not competition in the sense that they're from Australia. Or no, sorry, they're from New Zealand. Oh, God, I did it again. Uh, I think we've talked. Whatever, about they're before. all the same. Oh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for. Uh... Hey, I can say that uh -huh. I'm half Kiwi. Oh, okay. You're allowed to say that. I think I, I feel like know. I feel like I we had this conversation before, and I double checked and I made it. Anyways, you should definitely check them out. They have a really cool podcast. I think they're on hiatus now because um, Michael is having his third kid. Um, oh my god! Yes, he's outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep your defense up. Um, 
Also, uh, he says, love the Link's Awakening chat. I am keen on the game, but sharing with my five-year-old is a great reason to pick it up. So uh, thank you so much, Dan, for writing in. Um, and yeah, Link's and, Awakening, uh, another, another yeah, great response. Just FYI, my comment about there be no other podcast with dads, like that was obviously said in jest. There is a zillion <laughs> podcasts with dads. But, uh, but yeah, if you like ours, check out theirs. Yeah, I listened to it and I really like it. And I was uh, gonna look up where they're from. Um, uh, Sydney. Do it on your own time, Ryan. They're, they're from Australia. From Australia. You were right the first time. I was right the first time. I don't know why I second guess myself. Now I hate them. Oh yes, because you you mentioned you were uh, of the other place. Um, so yeah, we uh, we record this show live now. Um, we have been recording live for quite a bit, and we've moved to Thursday nights at eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Although we did record. A little bit later tonight um so you can check that out uh follow subscribe uh, twitch.tv slash ca and you can get a notification when we go live you can visit us on the web tgistudios.com slash dad email the show dad at tgistudios.com you can follow us on twitter you can find myself at rmurphy and crofton at crofton steers that's going to do it for this episode of dungeons and diapers have a great week and remember to vote Congrats, Jordan. Yay, congrats, Jordan.